0: section ninety six of the inheritance by susan edmonstone Ferrier. this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter twenty five o fortune with what weight of misery dost thou crush me this is a stain fixed by some vengeful power surpassing thought all that remains of life must waste away in anguish such a sea of woe swells o'er me that never can i rise again or stem the surge of this affliction euripides but sleep was far from gertrude's eyelids and in the multitude of her thoughts within her she felt as though she should never know repose again her very soul sickened and her brain whirled at the horrible destiny just opened to her to fall from her high estate to a condition so vile and abject instead of the heiress of a mighty house the daughter of a noble line to be a beggar an impostor the child of one against whom her whole being revolted yet voluntarily to proclaim this to the world to stand forth a mark for the finger of scorn to point at to be laughed at by some despised by others to leave each thing beloved most dearly to become an outcast an alien could she do this and live no she would pass away in secret she would consume her days in grief and in penitence she would abjure renounce fly all that she had loved and enjoyed she would dwell in darkness and in solitude few and sad would be her days but she would go down to the grave as countess of rossville her soul was ready to choose strangling rather than life for what had life now to offer to her of good or fair delmore ah there her heart trembled within her this day she had promised to be his at that instant a note was delivered to her which colonel delmore himself had brought to the door of her apartment and insisted on its being instantly delivered i claim your promise dearest gertrude dr bruce is of opinion you may be removed to millbank with perfect safety if you wish it he and masham will accompany you in the carriage and i shall attend it say but yes my angel to your adoring f d here was a fresh wave of misery to overwhelm the unhappy gertrude the cup of happiness was held to her lips by the hand she loved and she herself must dash it to the ground for ever Poor low-born degraded as she was what a bride for the proud high-minded delmore and delmore would even delmore despise and reject me if he knew all thought she as for a moment she covered her face with her hands and bowed beneath the humiliation but soon a loftier feeling succeeded no thought she as a bitter pang shall through her heart if we must part it shall be nobly he shall learn all from myself he loves me and he will love me still but he loved me as countess of rosville he must now love me as an outcast a beggar she desired her maid to say to colonel delmore that she would see him in the library then rising she bathed her eyes and adjusted her hair and endeavoured to dispel as much as possible the traces of grief and agitation from her face i will not go to him a weeping supplicant thought she i will owe nothing to his pity and she repressed each rising emotion and with a calm and lofty air entered the apartment where her lover awaited her but what a change had a few hours of intense suffering made upon her her mutable countenance had now all the fixedness and the paleness of marble and those eyes those lovely eyes which had so often met him with smiles and which always seemed to love whate'er they looked upon now heavy and brimful drooped beneath the weight of her swollen eyelids gertrude my own my adored cried delmore as he took her passive hand and led her to a seat speak to me dearest it is death to me to see you thus gertrude opened her lips and vainly tried to articulate but her tongue seemed to cleave to her mouth this is dreadful it will kill you to remain in this house you must leave it indeed you must my love your carriage is ready suffer me to order it and he was going to ring the bell when gertrude laid her hand upon his arm again she strove to speak but a sigh so deep so sad burst from her heart as told the unutterable anguish of her soul gertrude my life exclaimed delmore terror-struck as he felt her hand grow colder and saw her features gradually becoming more rigid for god's sake speak to me gertrude spoke but her voice was so changed that delmore started at the sound you love me delmore i know you do and i but no matter i never can be yours now delmore i have a strange a frightful tale to tell you i i am not what i seem i am not countess of Rossville, i am a beggar she hid her face for a moment while delmore too much amazed to answer remained silent it is true they have told me all 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 i am his daughter he is my father and her voice grew wilder in her attempts to speak calmly and firmly my dearest gertrude you take this matter too violently although your mother has made a degrading marriage that ought not to affect you in this manner it does not interfere with your rights or diminish my attachment to you why then ah delmore you are deceived she is not my mother i am his daughter the daughter of jacob lewiston i have been an usurper but i did not know it the dreadful truth now flashed upon delmore with the force and the rapidity of a stroke of lightning and he remained horror-struck beneath its shock for some minutes neither of them spoke but gertrude's breast heaved with agitation she would not betray and her eyes were distended in endeavours to retain her tears within the brim good god at length exclaimed delmore striking his forehead in a distracted manner gertrude dearest gertrude annie seized her hands no it cannot be you are mine my own not now delmore said gertrude and her heart almost broke in the effort to appear calm in resigning him not now you are free added she in an accent of despair free oh gertrude my life and he paced the room with disordered steps then suddenly stopping no you must you shall be mine i will not believe it by heaven tis false you you the daughter of that oh he is my father cried gertrude shuddering no there is some infernal plot at the bottom of this it shall be cleared up and he was hurrying towards the door when gertrude called to him stay delmore tis from me you shall hear it all i will not that you should hear it from another that you have loved an impostor a beggar and with desperate energy she recapitulated to him the evidence of her birth as detailed by mrs st clair when she had ended delmore said nothing but he buried his face in his handkerchief as in an agony of grief and gertrude's high wrought fortitude almost forsook her as she beheld her lover thus overcome she felt she could not long support the continuance of the scene and she said now i have told you all delmore i am no longer what i have been from this hour let my shame my disgrace be proclaimed and let us part gertrude if you would not drive me mad do not oh you know not how i love how i adore you and he pressed her hands to his lips and gertrude felt his burning tears fall upon them and every drop was as a life-drop from her heart gertrude exclaimed he passionately you have never loved as i do or you could not be thus unmoved a faint smile of anguish was on gertrude's pale lip and a single tear rolled slowly down her bloodless cheek again a long and bitter pause ensued delmore still held her hands in his while he seemed to struggle with contending emotions suddenly lewiston's loud voice was heard as if issuing some orders in his usual authoritative tone the blood rushed to delmore's face he started up and dropped the hands he had but a moment before clasped in his own gertrude too rose cold drops were upon her brow and she shook in every joint but by a desperate effort she gained the door she thought she heard her name pronounced by delmore in an accent of tenderness and despair but a thousand sounds were ringing in her ears a thousand figures were before her eyes and she only reached her own apartment when all sights and sounds had vanished for she had fainted end of section ninety six